You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. The Trek Files, Season 10, Episode 2, Star Trek II, Writer's Director's Guide, August 8th, 1977. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Hey, welcome back, Star Trek fans, especially all you Star Trek historians, you hey, you canonistas, you tech heads. Oh, canonistas, I do say that lovingly. I'm talking about our whole, our whole vast Star Trek listening audience. And you know, you're the Trekophiles. Spelled with an F. Uh, you know who you are. We're so glad you're here. We've got a great document, and we're going to dive into an area of Star Trek that we have not dealt with much in the past. I hope to get into this more soon. We're looking at, well, the great Phase Two era. What could have been, what, what might have been. We've got a section of the Phase Two Writer's Guide just to set you up for that. And as always, uh, the section we're talking about with today's guest is right there on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Trek Files. You can find our documents of the week every week right there, no matter where you find our podcast. Please go back and make sure you're following along with us. Here's a little sample uh, delivered by audio, but you want to see the whole document if you can. Take a listen, and then I'll be right back with this week's special guest to dive into it. Must the Starship crew be perfect humans? No. You can project too optimistically. We want characters with a reasonable mixture of strength, weaknesses, and foibles. Again, believability is the key here. What kind of men would logically and believably man a vessel of this type? Obviously, they'd be better selected and trained than the wild enlisted shore leave group and Mr. Roberts. Other than that, they have not gotten too stuffy to enjoy themselves and their senses on liberty in an exotic alien city filled with unique pleasures. That old issue, Gene Roddenberry's issue of The Perfect Humans, well, where on the spectrum are we? past 21st century, past our 20th century folks into the future, 23rd, 24th, whatever it happens to be. Again, we're looking at the Phase 2 Writer's Guide, and Phase 2, of course, was the, say, failed series. It would have been the sequel series that would have launched the original Fourth Network, and for those of you grown up in a thousand-channel streaming world, back in the day, ABC, NBC, CBS, and famously NBC was the home of original Star Trek, and then maybe you include PBS and maybe you have a few fledgling independent stations out there. Fox was the first fourth network, and then later we had UPN and, and the WB. But in back in the day, in the late 70s, uh, Paramount tried to come up, uh, tried to form its own fourth network and assemble stations. Star Trek, stop me if you've heard this before, Star Trek was going to be the lead flagship series of that, uh, the, much the same way Voyager was for UPN much the same way uh, Discovery was for the streaming service for CBS All Access that we now know as Paramount+. Plus. All that to say, the series was put together, scripts were written, sets were being built, the decision was made to go the motion picture route post-Star Wars, the pilot in thy image became Star Trek the motion picture, and Star Trek history goes off in a completely different direction. But 
This series writer's guide would have had no Spock, thanks to Leonard Nimoy's not wanting to be involved. We would have had Lieutenant Zahn. You've heard David Cottrell earlier here on the Trek Files. The, one, the once and future Zahn we never got to hear from. And this is a section from the writer's guide that I wanted to dive in with, especially with today's guest. We've had him on before. He's been great. Uh, he comes from the world of production design, but we're going to take a slightly different tack today because, first and foremost, Dave Blass was a Star Trek fan, and he's got the cred to do it, to uh, prove it. <laughs> so, Dave, thanks again for being our guest today, and uh, congratulations again on Season 2 Picard, and now uh, Season 3 is unspooling. So, thanks for joining us again. Season 3, yeah. So, I'm not going to talk about Season 3, because uh, I don't want to spoil everyone. Everyone streams differently yep. nowadays, but thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, it's just the, the idea of the perfect human beings in the perfect situation and the, and the evolution I think is one of Gene's greatest gifts that he's given to us mm -hmm. and also one of the greatest challenges uh, from a production standpoint because it's one of those things that if we are perfect our, our obstacles are always out and that we in and of ourselves are always perfect and even if you look at, at the, all the Star Trek episodes <clears throat> There always usually had to be some other thing that influenced what was uh, what was going on, and, and that you didn't often have uh, the, the crew like getting at each other's things. So, you know, there had to be some kind of uh, day of the dub type of thing that would cause people right. to fight. Third party or, villain, or yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, mirror, mirror. You know, it's like there was always something infecting. But otherwise, um, you get a little bit of uh, the actually that, that there is conflict with between humans within uh, balance of terror mm -hmm. when the helmsman and all of a sudden he's has a history and he had, his father was killed by the romulans and he actually has a little bit of that racist thing going no it's what they are. and there's conflict between him and kirk and there, there, there's some mm -hmm. animosity uh which is not normal for, for Star Trek, right. but it's there a lot the same thing with o'brien and cardassians and the spoonheads yeah. right so it, it, it's it's the thing of what we I think it, what Gene was trying to say is that we should endeavor to try to be better. We should endeavor to be perfect. Uh, and we won't always reach that again, but it, it's good that it's a goal that we are, uh, we're aiming for. And then in this document, it's like, what, where are we with this evolution of the, of the perfection? And same thing, I think they get into a little bit of tech, you know, the, the computer does everything and thing. And it's like, well, that can be boring. Is it can be, what if we're all perfect? It's like, then we don't make mistakes. We don't this, we don't that. And I think that, you know, as a, as a writer, you trip over those things where you're trying to do something and show the bettering of humanity. But, you know, you're still trying to do a, a TV show that's enjoyable and fun. So you have conflict because that's what And not snooze-inducing, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think in the 60s, it was a little under the radar. It was a little subversive because they were still it was the 60s and we look back now with our modern eyes especially our younger viewers and younger fans and they can see obviously 50 years of of tv depiction much less actual social development and we see things between the genders and you know and the races and as progressive as star trek was and still is once you get it outside the context of its time i mean it holds up very well and the best of original series is is that way but even then they were they were pushing the envelope and even then gene and everyone on staff 
would be running around in circles, and they depended on third-party writers, third, you know, outside writers. Then they didn't have a big staff. Uh, that wasn't the way TV was done. And then even to, but it's so amped up after a decade of Gene being on the college circuit, and you know, Gene the philosopher guru, and Next Generation. Uh, phase two is in the middle of that. And we think about the next gen, how many writers came over the years, even after things started up, and they were kind of chewed up and spit out by Gene's perfect humans and debating that spectrum. Like, well, what does that mean? And we can't be perfect and that's boring. And eventually that, that's gotten figured out. And DS9 is all about, well, the humans can be mostly okay. It's all those aliens and the cross, you know, the, yeah. the, the Casablanca cross. What's funny is this is 1977. This is what, this is like TNG 10 years early. And yeah. they're already wrestling with that idea. But what gets me is, I tend to think of that as a writer's issue. But you're looking at it, you're you're talking about it here as a as a production person, as a producer, a production designer. Yeah, because there's always that conflict and that thing of going, how do you how do you create the drama? How do you create the situation? If everything is just this, then you know the, it it doesn't allow itself to to, to open up to new ideas and new possibilities. They can just change on a fly. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, going back to the classic uh, "Let That Be Your Last Battlefield," where Loki shows up, and it's like you're going, "Oh, wait, your face is half black, your face is half white. You're the same people." And it's like, "No, he's black on the left, and I'm black on the right." <laughs> and then you're, you know, you went, "Oh, wait. But it's, you know, and they had the conflict. We, as as the humans, were just, how do we wrangle the conflict, and how do we, what do we do in our moral obligation to? to people how do we do our thing so we're able to be the good people but at some point we've transpired where you know you do have to show the humans in dealing with the aliens it's not always the best people so we've done mm -hmm. the we you know and in in the evolution so it's like it's it's really hard to create the drama of a, of a quality tv show where your people are always perfect never fall. famously it came to a point with next generation but it still is an ongoing issue across all the iterations and how far do we you know people talk about the modern series um partly the times we live in is being bleaker and i know some people critique all the modern ship discovery picard all of them uh as being uh the characters are more broken than we're used to you know that, that's a word i use in air quotes um and people sometimes i think get a little nostalgic for the they say the per, the more perfect or the more actualized or the more um, together character original series and next gen 2 i mean if you go back and look at it it was starting to, that was a as the years went by we found out more about i guess maybe that's it i don't know people's people's flaws or their darker corners came out as 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 more stories evolved the characters as the years went by and we, they weren't in our face right to begin with maybe that's the difference i don't know but yeah i think that star trek uh has is always trying to be star trek but if you look at society as a whole and our entertainment as a whole, everything has gotten darker. Uh, you know, you could say Star Trek, but also you could take Battlestar Galactica from the original 70s series with Muffet running around in Boxy and that whole thing. And it's like now the, the, the new Ron Moore, who wrote famously for Star Trek, he went darker. And it was like there was that whole thing of going, oh, we're going to go more adult. And everything, the new Star Wars series are, are, are darker and you know, the Batman, you know, you Adam West or whatever. Now, even that is, you know, from that. So I think that there's a push to that. And then Star Trek's got to be caught up in it. If you want to do Star Trek, you have to do that, where I don't necessarily think you do. I think that we can be better. I think that's always going to be at the core. No matter what's happening, 
Star Trek is the idea that in the future, it's going to be better. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the challenge of that, in the, the perfect human, the perfect thing, is that we've now traveled all that time, that time and now, uh, you know, we've actually gone past Tom. You know, Tom was all supposed, supposed to go into space and all that thing. So now we're really wrestling with how do we create a, a, the perfect human when we haven't even got into space exploration? We haven't achieved everything that we should have achieved by now uh, by Star Trek's parameters. In season, in season two of Picard, I did a uh, um, a uh, reference to the the Changeling episode and uh, Jackson Royker because mm-hmm. that whole probe was supposed to already be sent into space and we haven't done it. So we're failing as being perfect humans, and maybe that's really where we're at as far as creating the the new shows is that we're we're realizing we're not going to achieve the perfection that uh, that Gene originally set out for us, and we're kind of scared of so think that there's something something there yeah i'm just i'm still fascinated by this especially that the storytelling has changed i think part of what gives us the idea that the shows are darker is that in the 60s and the 80s and 90s we had standalone shows and of course strange new worlds is getting back to this although with still some character character arcs is more so than story arcs but with discovery and picard it's a 10 chapter book and every episode doesn't come back to the happy ending. Hopefully we get to a, if not a happy ending, at least to a settlement and we reaffirm positivity by the end. But you have to get through the 10 episodes before you get to that ending that we used to get after the end of every hour. Yeah, I think that that is a, is a key thing is that it, it is. It's, you, there's not a lesson learned and when, then we go on to the next lesson, next thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, at the end, it's like, and you fade out and you, and you know, it's like, oh, wow, wasn't that a cool little thing? It's like, you know, Picard played the flute and, you know, oh, my God, what a great thing. But now it's like you're going, I have to really invest my time into it. And more often than not, because we want to leave, leave it on a cliffhanger or a thing, it's constant danger, constant, it's constant this in order to get us through. And it's like, and you, never, and you don't get that payoff. So it's different storytelling. It's more like a big, long movie. Um, so, you know, but it, it's, it's a different vibe. And again, I think that, um, just my experience working in the industry, no one wants to make television. They want to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So even if the movie happens to be shown on TV, it's like now when you're doing a TV show, it's not a 10 episodes, it's not 10 episodes. It's one big movie. And, uh, and that's how they envision it. It's like the TV is like, eh, TV is TV. We're making a movie. We're making a 10 hour Cinematic TV, which is good. I mean, I think that wall, the old artificial wall for everybody, actors, writers, directors, designers, used to be that, oh, I'm, I've, I'm done. I can't get work in, in, in features now, so I'm just going to go back and do TV, and TV always being the little brother. That wall is, is gone now, and people go back and forth, which is healthy, but you're right. Now the pressure is on um, for you guys. Yeah. For you guys. Yeah, and, and you know, to create the perfect humans, you got to create the perfect world of them to live in and then make it adaptable. And I think that, you know, nowadays with, it, it's so much harder. It, it seems easier. You have more money, more technology, but really it's the mm-hmm. core of the humanity that you're trying to, to get down to it and tell a story that is, hasn't been told 10 times before. Because if you look back when Star Trek was on, no one was telling you stories. So everything was new. You can do anything. Like, wow, that's, uh, that's new. And, and now it's like, oh, we've seen that oh another, another space <laughs> battle scene. Oh, we've seen that before. Another uh, vortex. You know, <laughs> yeah, another spatial anomaly. Oh, really? Okay. 
Uh, we know how to solve those. Um, but, oh, this is a blue one, not an orange. Um, <laughs> well, you know, this this section that we're, we're referencing, again, from the Star Trek Phase Two, the series that didn't happen, but it was a precursor to the motion picture, but talking about some of the old questions from the original series and maybe 10 years, you know, it's been 10 years since they did TOS here. Did any, there's some other issues here besides the perfect humans. They're talking about... Um, and, and their ongoing questions, the whole thing of, is the Enterprise a military vessel versus, they try to say, the 18th century British Navy, the exploration of it, but it's still got ranks and you've still got weapons aboard. And and depicting Earth, and some of these things were political at the time, and TV and what you could do, and especially in the 60s, you know, but do yeah. you, I was going to say, do you feel like those have changed or, oh, you no, know, the, the limitations? I know there's always questions, but they felt either budget limits or political limits how much has that changed for what you do and what the writers do, you think? You could slap a 2022 onto this email and resend it. Uh, we had the same conversations. How much of the, the ship is it military? Is it this? How much of it? And, and what is, you know, when we're designing season two, what is the stargazer? Why, you know, going from the exploratory vessel of the Enterprise D, uh, more we have, you know, the Borg issues with, and how do we change these things? And then we get into the whole Romulan reclamation issue that day. So it's like all of this stuff. And then you're right back in it again. Um, and what are we and who's, you know, military is a thing. What's the purpose of this? And all these details. And I think that that is at the core of what Star Trek be, which is we're trying to create some structure to it. And we create, give the audience a guideline and framework, but we don't really know. We're trying to figure out what the best version is because no one, you know, we're the peacekeeping people. So why are we the military? It's like, well, we're not really in the military, but, um, and it's also, you know, we had a lot of discussions of the difference between Star, uh, Starfleet and the Federation. And I think a lot of people often, you know, use them interchangeably. It's like, well, no, nope. they're actually not. And, 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 and we had that, especially in, in, um, season two, because we had, we went into an alternate world. We had, uh, the Confederation in Star Corps. And I remember, you know, someone saying to them, and they were like, oh, the Star Corps. I'm like, no, that's uh, the Confederation. Like, it's the same thing. I'm like, no, it's the same thing as Federation and Starfleet. And they're like, but isn't that the same thing? I'm like, nope. And then, and it's that thing of going, okay, all these things, and how do we wrangle the, the politics versus the military versus the science and, and, and then the same thing create uh, the bureaucrats versus the frontline people. The yeah, right. and, and how and how do you and how would you do that? And then how uh, and that's why when we went back in time, went into this ultimate universe, it was more the government was more the military was the arm of the government. That was our um, you know thing that we but we think you have to think about all these things. How mm -hmm. you're going to but it's like all the the challenges that these writers are going through. In the early 70s and uh, mid 70s, we're going through it every day on the show today. So the challenges don't don't change us. They uh, how you deal with the technology and what does. Well, Dave, I just got to say as we wrap here that uh, I it's it's amazing to see that it's this is exactly what has changed and what's exactly the same. And I, if nothing else, I am so glad that as everyone grapples with it that lifelong Star Trek fan, you were there in the professional trenches poking around and asking those same questions. And I'm so glad you were able to join us today again. So thanks so much. Thank you so much. And, and it's been a pleasure. And hopefully once uh, the fantasy season three will we'll come back and we'll do this again. I look forward to it. <laughs>
Hey everyone, The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment, of course, and please do, are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Now, for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek in Portal 47. Yeah, that's me at LarryNimacek.com. Hey, that's where you can also link in for all of our new Trek Files swag and shirts at our Tee Public shop, too. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.